I want you to imagine for a moment that you have gone back in time. You've gone back over 2,000 years. And you find yourself in the city of Jerusalem. And you're making your way to what we now know is called the Temple Mount. You can see uh, the Wailing Wall where people pray and place their prayers uh, between the stones. But pull back for a moment and look at that 35 elevated acres where now in our day there is the Dome of the Rock. But rather than that golden dome, in your mind's eye, remove that and instead place the temple. You've seen images of the temple. Place the temple there where we find the Dome of the Rock. And as you do, imagine that day in which the people of Israel would gather, because this is where they would come to worship God. This is the place where the very Shekinah glory of God was resident. Luke tells it this way. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5, In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, the first thing that we note is they are both from a priestly class. Verse 6 gives us the Holy Spirit's description of this couple. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. And so we discover that although they were both righteous before God, they were part of the priestly class. They walked blamelessly in the commandments of God and the statutes of God. They still had no child. But it says in verse 8, Now while he, Zechariah, was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Every one of the priestly class, every man longed for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There may have been as many as 20,000 priests at this time. So to be chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense was the ultimate privilege. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So here is what would happen. Before dawn, uh, the priest who has been chosen by lot would sound a large symbol, and it would call people to worship. Another priest chosen by Lot will have already prepared the altar and had cleansed it. Another had offered the sacrifice and put the coals on the altar of incense. Imagine now Zechariah, maybe having already talked to some other priest who had this sacred privilege, but he made his way into the temple. He could soon see beyond the table of showbread on his right and the altar of incense directly in front of him and the golden lampstand to his left, which would give him just enough light to see that curtain, that thick curtain that would divide this section of the temple from the very presence of God, the Holy of Holies. So imagine Zechariah entering and then placing the incense on the burning coals of the altar of incense, which is some three feet high and maybe 18 inches square. And as he does, it begins, the smoke begins to rise and fill the entire temple and make its way into the very holy of holies, much like our prayers are taken up into heaven. But we read in verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Verse 11, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. Almost every occasion where an angel appears, by the way, people are filled with fear. Angels are an amazing part of God's creation. And to imagine one day that we will 
commission them, they will listen to us. But it goes on and it says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, was Zechariah praying at this point for a son? Or could this have been a prayer from maybe many years ago? Because it would seem that Zechariah was more there to pray for the nation of Israel than for his own personal needs. Regardless of when the prayer was uh, last uttered, the fact is Zechariah is now being told by an angel that his prayer is being answered and that his wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And the angel even tells him, here's his name, his name will be John. And then the angel goes on and says, And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And the angel continues and says, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children." and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Now, when you hear that coming from this angel, can you imagine if Zechariah could take it all in and, and think, wait a minute, I'm going to have a son, and he's going to be used mightily of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. He's going to reach my people Israel. He's going to reach this nation. He's going to turn the hearts of many back to the Lord. So you would expect at this point Zechariah to say, Thank you. Thank you. But instead, Zechariah says to the angel, verse 18, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. In other words, Zechariah has a crisis of faith, a crisis of belief. Now, the angel's response to Zechariah's question is one that we need to really examine, because the answer is this. The angel answered him and said, I am. M. Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It's as if Gabriel is saying, do you understand who I am, but more importantly, who he is? Do you understand I stand in the very presence of God? In effect, Gabriel was saying, I know what I'm talking about, and I know what God can do. Gabriel continues, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And when he came out, he wasn't able to speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. But then in verse 24 we read, After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Have you ever had a crisis of faith like Zechariah? I suspect that you have. Have you ever wondered if God would ever answer that one particular prayer? And then when he did, you were absolutely shocked? This Christmas, let's remember what Gabriel said. He knew God could do what uh, he said he would do because Gabriel stands in the presence of God. Later in this chapter, Gabriel visits Mary and tells her that she will conceive a child through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Gabriel tells Mary that Elizabeth is with child. And then Gabriel makes a statement in verse 37 that all of us ought to memorize. It's a straightforward statement from an angel who stands in the presence of God. And Gabriel said, for nothing will be impossible 
with God. That's something we need to remember this and every Christmas. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. O come, thou key of David, come, and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high, and close the path to misery. O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in our ways to go. O come, desires of nations bind, in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad divisions cease, and be thyself our King of Peace.
I suspect that many of you would join me in crying out, Emmanuel, come back. We need you desperately. Thank you so much for listening. And on behalf of my wife, Terry, and our ministry team, we just want to say, may the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. And may you have a wonderful Christmas.